0: I think a lot of the problem that we have is that we say, go clean your room, and we haven't taught kids how to do it, and then we don't give them any expectations of of what it looks like to accomplish such a massive task, when really it's something that needs to be broken down into smaller pieces that takes place over time.
1: Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm Jenna. And I'm Rachel. And I am so glad to be here with you guys today. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that I think many of us could use help with, organization. Maybe not you, Jenna, but the rest (laughs) of us. (laughs) Lindsay Hardigree is a professional organizer and productivity specialist trained and certified by Marie Kondo as Georgia's first certified con Marie consultant, her company get organized. Y'all works with individuals, families and companies to create their ideal life, by organizing their homes and businesses. She's also an experienced nonprofit professional in Metro Atlanta and currently serves as the executive director of the Episcopal community foundation for middle and North Georgia. And I don't know how she has time for that also, but when she's not busy working or volunteering, she likes to read. She's a bit of a geek. Uh, like Star Wars, baking and cooking, drinking a good cup of coffee, and experiencing the arts and culture community in Atlanta. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. Were you always an organized person? Um,
0: depends on who you ask. Um, <laughs> I think that... Um, I have always thought of myself as an organized person. I used to do things like, um, I remember specifically when I was in elementary school, There was one weekend where um, I had just learned about the colors of the rainbow, and I decided that I wanted my closet to be in that rainbow order, and I took all the hangers off, and I wasn't quite tall enough to reach the closet rack, and so I made a huge mess. My mom was very patient with me that day, um, (laughs) trying to get things organized. I used to Always like setting up my folders and the school supplies, shopping, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but there were some things I was not quite as organized about. Um, in particular, my mom used to always fuss at me to pick up my room. So there's, you know, organizational skills that translate in different ways. Um, <laughs> and as I got older, um, what those skills looked like started to shift a bit. Um, it became much more about organizing. My time than it was about physically organizing things. So I think I was always organized in some way, but it didn't necessarily always look that way from the outside. If that makes sense, That's interesting
1: because um, I've you know I've always thought people that are really organized are organized pretty much across the board.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that um, I think there's a common misconception about that. Um, And I also think that people assume, oh, you're either naturally good at being organized or you're not. Um, And I like to when I'm working with people to remind them that being organized isn't a natural tendency. It's not something we're born knowing how to do or not to do. Um, It's a skill that we learn. And some of us learn it a lot earlier than others. Um, Some of us are not able to learn it because we don't have anybody to teach it. Um, I think that lots of times we get really frustrated saying, why can't you just get it together? Or why aren't you organized? Why can't you um, keep track of your calendar? Or why is your kitchen such a mess? And the reason why is because nobody ever taught them how to clean their room. They were just told to clean their room. So when they became an adult, they're told to clean their house, but they don't know how to clean their house. Um, so it's one of those situations where you might have some some natural inclination, or you may find it more enjoyable than other people, but it's very much a skill that we can learn at any point in our life. But the earlier you learn it, the better. It's one of those things that I love working with people who have kids. because teaching their kids how to do this is such a, a blessing for those children who are then gonna grow up and know these skills as adults.
1: I'm the type of organized that it has to be like clean. Like my room always has to be clean or like mm-hmm. I'm always stressed out. Like if it's not, it's just <laughs> like, I can't focus like at all. I think it's interesting though that you said, cause I never really thought about it this way. Like you might have the innate, leaning towards that. So like someone is musically inclined, that doesn't mean they can play an instrument great right off the bat, but they might be able to pick up an instrument and learn it quicker than other people. Right.
0: And they still have to practice. Even the most amazing concert pianist is still doing the scales. You know, that's, that's a part of keeping those kind of muscle memory, I guess you could say, when it comes to something like an instrument. For us, it's kind of your brain muscle. (laughs) How do you know how to how to sort the information, or to what what order to do things in? It's it's a skill that you learn, and the more you practice it, the better and easier and more naturally it comes. So for somebody like you, Jenna, who really thrives in an environment that is is tidy, and you focus better in something that is is neat and orderly it's probably not that difficult for you to get it into that position because you see the reward of it as as it gets reinforced. Because when my space is tidy, I'm not fighting against my environment. Therefore, I, I I keep it tidy. It's one of those things that it's a you're reinforcing your own practice because you're seeing the benefit from it.
1: Mm -hmm. Doesn't everyone feel better when their room is tidy, though?
0: Not necessarily um, and that's one of the things that I know can be a really big struggle um, especially as as people are are at that kind of preteen to teenage age where you're you're starting to assert your independence and and really kind of separate your own sense of self from your parents um, I think that some people, um, if it's too neat and tidy, they don't have enough stimulation. And they get very distracted. It's one of those things where we have to acknowledge that everyone's brain works a little bit differently. And sometimes there's some trial and error into figuring out what situation does work for me, what situation doesn't work for me. And we have to sometimes... Try those things before we figure out the right answer, and that can look very messy from the outside, especially if you're in a situation where there's a parent and a child, <laughs> and, and and you've got you know your teenager who has a very very messy room, but as soon as they try to clean it up, they can't focus anymore. Um, there's a lot that's underneath all of that. Um, it's it's fascinating to kind of dig into figuring out why we do the things that we do. Um, But I, I like to remind people that there is not one way to be organized. There's not a right answer. The right answer is whatever suits what you are trying to accomplish. So I always tell people, you know, when I'm helping them with organizing or we're doing productivity consulting and we're trying to figure out managing tasks and calendars and things like that, what is your goal? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? You know, what is your vision for what this will look like when it looks right, or how it will feel or how it will function? Because by orienting ourselves to that vision, then we'll be able to figure out what it should look like for you personally, because it's not the same for any two people.
1: So that's really the goal of organizing ourselves is to get to the place we wanna be.
0: Yeah. It's one of those situations where it looks really, really pretty on TV when everybody has their you know, refrigerator organized in rainbow order. But if that's not practical for your family's life, that all you're going to do is kill yourself trying to make it look like that, when really you should be organizing it for the function that you need it to do. Um, I think that some people really do get a lot of, of pleasure from a sense of specific order that we can observe from the outside. There are other people who very much know exactly where every single thing is, and if nobody else can figure that part out, it's not the end of the world. As long as you can function in your space, and it's not you know, prohibiting you from being able to accomplish your work or your homework or your after-school activities or whatever the thing is you're trying to do, as long as you're able to continue with what you're trying to accomplish, then the space is working for you. And that, again, can be really hard because lots of times what works for the parent might not be what works for the child. And that doesn't mean that either of them is wrong. That just means that they work in different ways and it's difficult sometimes to figure out how do I parent my child and help them understand how the world works when my world functions a little bit differently than theirs does. It's it's not an easy task, but I know it's incredibly rewarding when you give your child the tools to figure it out for themselves. So
1: how do we... You know, I, I see lots of parents posting pictures in parenting groups. Look at my kid's room. It looks like a nightmare. Um, yeah. Uh, Luckily, my kids keep their rooms pretty clean. I, well, I've preached it them their whole lives. Like, I want your future husband to love me. That's, that's what i have always said. You have to keep your room clean because when you get married, they're not going to want to clean up after you. Um, but how does a parent, you know, we can't make our kid change. Right. Do we just have to wait until they decide they want to do it? Or can we help encourage that process?
0: Yeah, I I think it's some of both. Um, and, And this is, you know, maybe not as helpful advice for the parent of a 16, 17 year old who's having this struggle. But general parenting advice, I like to say the earlier you start teaching kids about this, the better. And that doesn't mean that you organize their room and clean it up for them until they're old enough to do it for themselves. That means that Kids can start sorting things at a very, very young age, like we're talking toddler, and along and along, you are teaching them the skills and the tools and giving them a little bit of autonomy in an age appropriate way. But the whole idea of, OK, when my kids go to school today, the first thing I'm doing this morning is I'm going to go tidy up their rooms for them. You know, I'm thinking like four year old. Right. Don't do that because all you are doing is teaching them that it's supposed to look this way, but I don't know how to do it myself because my mom always does it for me. It's one of those skills that you teach them to make the bed at four or five, and it does not look perfect because they're a four or five-year-old, and of course it doesn't look perfect, but you're teaching them the skill. You're teaching them the habit. It's something that they will improve over time as they get older, and it doesn't have to look like it's in a magazine. It's, it's, a, it's a four-year-old's room, it's fine. So that, that is kind of advice that you can, you can implement at any age, the earlier the better. And I think people are a little afraid to have their small children involved with cleaning things up because it's not gonna look right.
1: Well, that's when you throw stuff away. <laughs> and I,
0: well, and so I disagree with you there. Um, right, I know. exactly that. That's exactly the point. So, the other side to organizing, we talk about getting things put away and cleaning up. Ultimately, you can organize so much extra stuff that you do not need. You can have an entire closet full of things that you don't actually need, but they're in cute little labeled bins. So the first thing that we do when I'm working with clients to organize like their whole home, we declutter. That's actually the bulk of the process is not the organizing, it's the decluttering. And not, and exactly what you're talking about, we often say, well, my kids aren't going to want to get rid of any of their toys. So one day when they're at school or if they're, you know, at their grandparents or whatever it is, I'm going to go through and say, well, these are the ones they don't really play with anymore, so let me go ahead and toss them. You have taught your children that their toys might disappear, and therefore they need to hold on to them for dear life. So you're you're reinforcing the wrong behavior. And you're not teaching them how to make the decision to part with something themselves. And so little kids know what they like, you use different language, you know, and I'm talking to an adult, we talk about what sparks joy. That makes absolutely no sense to a child. That doesn't even make sense to a teenager, to be perfectly honest. But they do know that, you know what? I have three t-shirts sitting here on my bed and I really love the red one and I really love the blue one, but I don't like the green one very much. We can let somebody else have the green shirt and you've just taught them how to declutter their wardrobe. It's, It's a skill that you build on, but by going through the toys or sorting through the clothes or whatever the case may be when they're not present, you're not teaching the skill. Sure, it's harder to do it with a child present. They're going to have to reason through it, and you just want them to hurry up and make a decision because you got to get them to soccer practice. Right. But that's that's a part of the whole parenting process. Is that sometimes the best way is not necessarily the easiest way, but it has the best rewards in the end because you've taught them how to do it for themselves instead of just doing it for them.
1: So how do we translate to that? So we have a teenager, right, whose room is a mess, but they want help how do we help them and not over, not in an overwhelming way?
0: Sure, one of the things that I like to do is to, to really kind of break things down into smaller pieces. If I tell you, as an adult, if I tell you, go clean your house, the first thing you're gonna say is, well, how much time do I have and what room do I wanna start on and what's the worst problem? And you're immediately gonna start trying to make the task smaller because if I say go clean your house, that is an impossible thing to comprehend in in one sentence. It's just so much more than that. The same thing can happen with a child who says, you know what, I, I don't like the way that my room is anymore and I don't know how to change it. What do I do? Break it down into a smaller task. Start with, you know what, let's just take the things that are in your closet or in your drawers and let's go through your clothes first We'll let all the rest of it stay. That's fine. We'll get to it eventually. It's not all going to happen in one day. It didn't get this way in one day, and it's not going to get fixed in one day. And that's, that is an important thing to remember. But to start with something small and say, you know what? Day one, we're going to go through your socks, and we're going to make sure that they all fit, that they don't have holes in them, that they've all got a mate, and we're going to put them away neatly in your drawer so you can always see what you have. I know that lots of people like to have fun socks that quickly turns into you have 60 pairs of socks and nobody needs 60 pairs of socks. That's just there's not enough laundry in the world that you need 60 pairs of socks. So that's an easy kind of way to conceptualize it is let's pick the ones you like the most, the ones that function the best, the ones that don't give you blisters, whatever criteria it is that means it's going to suit your purpose and start with one piece. And then you can say, you know what? We did that. That worked. I understood that. Let's try another one and slowly build on it. Soon you'll have done all of the clothing and you say, you know what? We've gotten through all of your clothes. That worked really well. Let's work on your bookcase. Which of these books are things that you're still using for school or things that you don't read anymore? Or this one's your absolute favorite one. It's from childhood. You will keep it for the rest of your life. That's fine. That's a sentimental item. It's not even really a book. It's a sentimental item at this point. And you kind of slowly start to go through and you realize, you know what, there's that entire chapter book series that I really loved as a kid, but I don't read it anymore. And I'm not going to. And it's not the most sentimental thing. There are other things that are much more meaningful to me. I can let that whole shelf of books go. And it slowly starts to build. I think a lot of the problem that we have is that we say, go clean your room. And we haven't taught kids how to do it. And then we don't give them any expectations of of what that looks like to accomplish such a massive task, when really it's something that needs to be broken down into smaller pieces that takes place over time. And that works whether somebody is interested in doing their room or if somebody is not. Um, If you've got somebody who is completely unmotivated, I would say don't tell them to go clean their room. Go tell them to do one small piece of it. And that way it's not nearly an insurmountable task as the entire room is.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. What if you have two kids that are in a room together and one of them wants to organize and the other one doesn't?
0: Yeah, that's a little bit of a trickier situation, but we honestly have the same problem throughout the entire house. You know, if I if I were to go into the kitchen and say, okay, tell me what part of that kitchen is yours and what part belongs to your husband and what part belongs to your kids? You know, it's, well, the kitchen belongs to everybody. Maybe different amounts, but we all have stuff in the kitchen, right? Um, and so when we're working through the Kanmari method, it's really important to recognize that very first step that we talked about. Why? Why are you doing this? What is your vision? What is the purpose of this entire project? It's your vision. It's very individual. So we don't tidy other people's things. You only tidy your own things. And in kind of a practical case, that could look like two siblings that share a room, and one half of the room is orderly, and the other half looks like a bomb blew up in the middle of the room. But you keep your own things on your in your own spaces. You are responsible for your own items. out of my side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the interesting thing that, that I don't even know how many times I've seen this happen is that once one person in the family or in the relationship starts to make these changes, it kind of gets contagious. Um, Because it's not just a, oh, I cleaned things up. It's a, I have a deeper sense of what I'm trying to accomplish. And one of the ways that I am trying to accomplish the things that are important to me in life is by having my space support what I want to accomplish. And that looks really different. it's It's one of those things where you go, "I can't tell what's different about you, but you, so there's something going on. What have you been doing? You're you, you just seem so much more satisfied or so much happier. it's It's kind of hard to describe. But it winds up being contagious because you go, oh, well, well, maybe I could tidy up just one corner of my space, too, because that seems like that's going pretty well over there. And the next thing you know, they're starting to work on their stuff, too. So it's it's one of those things where you need to be satisfied. if If the other person doesn't change, you need to understand that this is about yourself, not about them but it's always nice whenever you do see that it kind of it does trickle over in its own special little way a lot of times
1: yeah i can see how you know like when someone is chasing a goal Mm -hmm. they're more focused yeah i I, I can see how when people really don't know where they're going they tend to just like mindlessly shop Mm -hmm. or bring in more stuff that they don't really need because they don't have their goal in front of them right so they're just spending money they really probably shouldn't be right Um, so i can see how that relates that's interesting
0: well and it's one of those things where i think we, we can conceptualize that so well as adults it can sometimes seem a little bit harder when you're you know, fifteen or sixteen because you have no idea what you want in life. Right. <laughs> or at least I know I didn't when I was that age. I, I knew I had some ideas of what I didn't want, but but asked me what I wanted to be and I could not answer that question for you. And so we have to remember that as we get older, that that the answer to that question will shift and grow and change. It'll honestly probably be shifting and growing and changing your entire life. It's not a set answer. So that means that when you're trying to think about that part of the process as a teenager, don't think about what do you want to be when you grow up or even what school you want to go to or what's happening in the next five years. You're thinking about, what is it that I want out of my life right now? And the answer might be, I want to be able to find my homework in the morning when it's time to go to school. I want to be able to have a clean, practice uniform for when it's time to go to practice after school, and I want to be able to find it easily. And it might be when I am going to hang out with my friends at the movies or whatever it is that teenagers do these days, I want to be able to find my lip gloss without having to open every single purse in my closet. And so, your goals then become for your space to not get in the way of you doing the things that you need to get done. So it'll have to be tidier in order for the things I just described to be possible. You have to have a designated place where your homework lives. You'll have to have a, a system for making sure the dirty clothes get washed and the clean clothes get put where you can find them so that your uniform is ready to go. You have to know that this is where the makeup lives so that I always know where to go and find the lip gloss. I don't take it and move it all over my room. I use it and put it back where it goes. So by identifying what you're trying to accomplish, that will then help you figure out what the space should do to support that.
1: What do you do if you're multi-passionate? So this, this is a challenge we have at our house. So, you know, like we podcast, we um, do a lot of parent coaching. So we have tons of, you know, books on parenting teenagers. Um, we, guard, we have a huge garden so we got gardening stuff. We I'm a carpenter, so I have all these tools. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in sports. You so there's like so much stuff. It's like, how can we like find space for all? It feels overwhelming. In my head, I like to th- to think that I was organized, but if I look <laughs> around this room, it's really not true. Yeah. <laughs> I hear
0: you. Um, And I say that as somebody who personally has my hands and toes in a lot of different things. I I completely can relate to that. Um, Part of the beauty of going through the Kanmari method is that we're identifying what our goal is, what our vision is, and then we're asking with every single thing that we own, Does this fit into my vision for my life? That's what spark joy means is does this fit into my vision for my life? And as you start to go through the process, um, there's a specific order that you go through the method. And so getting to things like hobbies is one of the later things that we work on. And that's very intentional because you have to kind of get your muscles going in order to be able to do things that are a little more challenging. And so we, we start with things that are easier to declutter and move our way towards things that are more difficult. By the time you're starting to get into things like hobbies or projects or, you know, the 15 different things you've tried at some point in time, you start to have a really deep understanding of what does it mean to ask yourself that question? Does this fit into my vision for my life? And one of the things that almost all of my clients do is they not only declutter items, they'll declutter the hobby itself. They'll say, if I had a day to do whatever I wanted to do, I'm going to go garden. I'm not going to knit. I'm not going to paint. I'm not going to sew. So I should probably declutter the knitting and the painting and the sewing things. Those are things I tell myself it'd be nice to do, or I should be the kind of person who likes to do this. But ultimately, when I think about what it is that I want for my life, those are not the primary things. So not only is the, are the items things that you don't necessarily need to hold on to, but the idea of that being a part of your identity might be something you need to declutter. So it can be really um, kind of deeply introspective work when you're when you're kind of going through everything. And that actually can be incredibly empowering for a teenager to think through because they're making that choice for themselves. It's not their parent deciding for them. And that's something that... They haven't done a whole lot of at that point. They're, they're kind of learning the skill of discernment in and of itself. Um, so, so that can be not only helpful and feel good because you have fewer things in your space, but it can be very deeply rewarding on, on kind of a personal level because you get to take ownership of a decision that influences what happens with your things in your life.
1: Yeah. I'm horrible at getting rid of stuff. Jenna is <laughs> Jenna is amazing because I'm always I, whenever I have to get rid of stuff, I have to go get her. And yeah, say, Jenna, come help me because she's like, <laughs> she's like, like, what would you call it? Like, she's like the um, the bouncer in the room. That's like, there. You go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is going out and not coming back in. Well, and I th- I think that actually that's it's a good thing to know about yourself. I mean. I think that sometimes, when people think about hiring somebody like me to come in and and to help you get organized, um, the thought process is, I should be able to do this on my own, and I can't. And I like to really discourage that line of thinking because we all have different things we're good at. We all there are some things that you would not want to hire me to do. Trust me. But this is something I am good at. And the thing that I'm good at is not necessarily organizing your things. The thing I am good at is holding you accountable to the things that you say that you want for your life. And that's really my role when I'm working with clients, is not to do the work. It's to help them do the work for themselves, because my, my goal when I'm working with someone is not to have to keep coming back and helping them be organized. My goal is to teach them how to do it for themselves and then never have to come back again. That's when I feel like I've done my work well, is when somebody has learned it for themselves and then they always know how to do it. But a lot of people can't do that on their own, either because nobody ever taught them. That's that's really common. A lot of us never learned it from our parents because they may not have known for themselves. And we have way more things now than we did, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. We just have so much stuff, it's very challenging because we get all of these messages and marketing and whatnot that didn't exist a long time ago.
1: Well, a so, lot of it came from my parents. <laughs> They're probably yes, going to listen Yes, that is the newer this.
0: phenomenon is that everybody <laughs> has four different relatives worth of hand-me-downs that they yeah. just don't know what to do with. I, I have yet to have a client that did not struggle
1: with that in some way. Yeah, my both of our my parents and my husband's parents listen to this podcast, so, so don't get mad at me, mom and dad, if you hear this but but you know their generation, you know their parents went through the depression and right. stuff was very very important to them. Yes, yes. And so they don't understand that why we don't love stuff as much as they do. Right. But but then I feel the guilt like like they want to give me stuff and I feel I feel like I have yeah. to take it. Well, and that's something that Marie actually very specifically
0: speaks to that point because I think that that's that's a pretty Common reaction in, in that situation. Um, and I absolutely love the way that she talks about this. When someone gives you a gift, they are hoping to show love or appreciation or, you know, camaraderie. They, they're not giving you something saying, I really, really, really think that this particular item is going to change your life and therefore you must hold on to it forever what they're saying is, I care about you in some way. And I'm showing you that by giving you this item. Right. So the gift is not in the physical item, the gift is in the action of gift giving,
1: they're not trying to
0: burden you, right, exactly. So when someone gives you a gift, if it's something that you don't necessarily want, you still very much are thankful for the act of the gift giving, what they gave you, has already happened. It has transpired. It has been shared between you and your gratitude has been shared. Whether you keep the item is irrelevant. And that gives you permission to not keep it if it's something that no longer serves you. And that can be really, really challenging to let yourself go there the first time. But then once you do, it feels kind of good, and then you want to do it again. So it's one of those things that again you have to—it's a habit. You have to learn it. Um, you have to be very intentional. There's a lot about the Kumari method that um, really boils down to just being very intentional in our lives. Um, something that we, as a society, have gotten very, very bad at. Um, that's why this feels kind of countercultural sometimes. Is because it—it it kind of is in a way. It's—it's it's not buying into, this will make my life better, this will make me happy, more, more, more. It's the exact opposite.
1: Well, I think there's a shift that's gone on in our culture, or at least starting to maybe, where like the material things are not as important, experiences are more important, relationships are more important. Um, Do you think
0: that's true? I do. I think that we're getting better. Well, I think we're getting better about talking about it. Maybe that's the right way to put it. Um, I think that people who have felt that way for a long time. weren't necessarily speaking up about it. And now there seems to be more of a platform for that on on social media, on YouTube. You know, there's there are are places where that message is kind of growing and there are more people who are hearing it for the first time and it really is making a lot of sense for them. Um, I also think that, um, while, while this is something I think has been happening for over maybe a decade or so, I really think that a lot of people have reevaluated what is important during COVID. Um, I think it's caused people to, to just face life in a different kind of way. Um, and sometimes that has been really Sad and challenging and difficult, but I do think that some good things can come out of that. And if people are being more intentional and moving a little bit more slowly through life, I think that's a good thing.
1: What if we're organized and there still isn't enough room?
0: That probably means that you could declutter a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that like it's, it's it's like you know me that is I'm laughing about it. <laughs> hey, it's not on me. One of the Yeah, one of the things that I think that we get real caught up in is let me get the you know the shoe boxes that all fit in this particular closet in this way or if i get just the right organizing system or the right rack or the right you know drawer liners or whatever it is and i actually like to tell people that the last thing you do when you're organizing is buy the storage things because you need to declutter first if you have the containers at the beginning you will find things to put in them <laughs> That is, that is how that works. So don't start with the containers. Start with the items. Don't look at it as an organizing project. Look at it as a decluttering project. That's you true. don't want to say, how does this fit in this space? You want to say, how does this fit in my life?
1: Yeah. You know, um, about 12 years ago, we built a house, uh, us and our four kids. So that took us like four years Mm-hmm. And we lived in a travel trailer for, for four years with four kids and 360 Ooh. square feet or something like that. And we wonder why I am why I am. See, oh. well, and,
0: and like, perhaps there were some really formative habits that you learned at a very formative time well, that you are now carrying with you. That's that is not
1: a joke. <laughs> well, well, I'm just thinking as I was, you know, now we're living in a house, you know, it's not 10 times that size, but it's, it's quite a bit bigger. Sure. And I'm like but we've managed to more than fill it up. How is that yeah. possible? <laughs> well, it's like you know it's you like always ex- hear about is it, is it the um
0: the, the like the little turtles that you can get at the pet shop right. and the, big, the bigger the container you give them, the bigger they grow. Right. Stuff is like that. The bigger the space you give it, the more there will be. It's like you added water and it expanded. Right. So you have to be you have to be really really intentional about what container you give to things. You know, it's, it's one of those times where you say, I, I would like to, you know, painting is a hobby of mine. I'm going to have the paint brushes and I'm gonna have the, the paints and the easels and the paper and like all this stuff that goes with it. If you give yourself a painting room, you will have an entire room of art supplies. But if you only give yourself a painting closet or maybe not even that, maybe it's a painting drawer in a chest of drawers that you already have, you have to keep it contained to that space, and you will find a way to make it work. And if it becomes something that the stuff needs to get bigger than that, because it is so important for your life, it really has become a thing of passion, it's something that you love doing, it adds a lot of meaning to your life, then the question becomes, this needs more space in my life. What else has to decrease so that I have more space in my life? And that becomes a decluttering question for the other things. So it's it's all kind of in balance. I'm not claiming that this is easy. It's, a ve- it's, it's one of those emotionally challenging things. It's, again, another reason why a lot of people have someone like me come and help them is because we help you when you get stuck with the decision-making process. And help you move past that, and help you to see what the choices are in front of you, and to very intentionally choose which path you're going to take. That can be difficult to do by yourself sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So,
1: so if you can't, if you can't get Lindsay to come help you, do not get the friend that's going to say, "Oh, that outfit looked great on you."
0: Yes, you are so
1: right. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's um, that can be challenging. If you are looking for an accountability buddy, you have to be really careful who you pick, because it's not the person who says, that looks amazing on you, and it's not the person who says, oh, but that's still in good shape. I don't care if it's in mint condition. If it's not serving you anymore, you don't need to keep it. That doesn't mean you have to put it in the trash can. There are so many nonprofits that will take donations. I actually have a really big list on my website of, of a lot of things that are local in Atlanta to um, where you can donate different kinds of items. There are places like that in every city. Yeah. Um, so, when I say that you need to remove it from your life or discard it, I don't necessarily mean trash it. I just mean it doesn't need to live with you anymore. And one of the really, really great things about this process is that if you truly do approach it from this attitude of, I need to be more intentional and I want the things in my life to be serving me, not just things that are there for the sake of it, almost all of my clients have made a comment to me about halfway through the process that the way that they shop has changed drastically. Because instead of buying things and then trying to fit them into their life at home, they ask that, is this going to serve me and my vision for my life, when they're still in the store. Right. And lots of times they don't buy it in the first place. And that is, I mean, that's to me a home run. If you are bringing fewer things into your home then you don't have to go through the process of decluttering because you are very carefully curating the items that are in your life. And how much joy are you going to get from that? That's just going to be amazing.
1: So I have a little story that happened to me today. Yeah. And that goes right along with this. So I was at the library. One of my kids wanted to go to the library and they had this, um, they had this book shelf and they said, you know, book sale, friends of the library. Sure. And I'm like, oh, there's a couple really good books on here. And I'm like, how much are these? And the lady's like, oh, it's just a dollar. You just drop a dollar in the little slot. And so I like grabbed a couple of them. I'm like, it's only a dollar. So right. I'm walking around the library and then I, the thought popped into my head. Why don't you look on the, on the app and see if they actually have these books in this library mm-hmm. and then you can just borrow them and bring them back. Yeah. Because we have book, a book problem in our house, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm so proud of myself because I like put them back, and I love, and oh yeah, they have them here. <laughs> I love the library. I think that that is um,
0: so many people. I think either don't think about the library anymore, or actually have. I've had a couple of people, not clients of mine, just friends of mine, who kind of look at me strangely because I have all my library books. They say, "Isn't it gross to read a book that somebody else has read?" And I'm sitting there going. No, it's fine. They're clean. If they get gross, the library does not have them anymore. You know it's 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 a fantastic way to not only reduce our resources from printing so many books, but it also saves you money because you're not buying all of the books. And if you happen to read a book that is absolutely your favorite book ever, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, you can always go and buy it after you've read it from checking right. it out
1: in the library. Our library actually doesn't have a whole lot of books, and they don't Uh do the interlibrary loan thing, which really makes me sad. So it was a miracle that they had those two books. But yeah, (laughs) I actually have found that, um, especially during COVID, I
0: think this was probably a big part of it because they had the library changed so many of their procedures with you know checking things out and whatnot. I get books on uh, the ebooks from the library and audiobooks yeah. from the library. And so there's not even a physical book you have to hold on to, which right. is I still love physical books. Um, yes, they're the best. But if it's <laughs> just a quick work of fiction that I'm going to borrow from the library and I'll, you know, read it in a few days and it's done, I can read that as an ebook. That's fine, yeah. you know. I'm not I don't need to sit there and underline things. It's right, fine.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I also have Kindle Unlimited, which helps me not buy a Sure, books. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so you've given us lots of stuff to think about. I have actually read, I think I read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up a uh-huh. lot. Lo- it's been a while. All I remember is something about t-shirts and how you fold them. Yes, um.
0: yes, Marie has very specific ways of folding things which some people get a lot of joy out of that and some people kind of, they have yeah. no patience for it. I think sometimes people get turned off of the idea of the KonMari method because they think it's only about folding clothes. Um, and I have to keep reminding them that Marie is from Japan, and they don't have closets in Japan the way that we have closets in America. Right. So, if you want to put everything on a hanger, that's fine. You come to my house, almost everything's on a hanger. I'm still a KonMari consultant. It's fine.
1: I think I shall have to go to the library and check her books out again. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need a refresher. Jenna, well, see, Jenna's in here with me, so she's going to make sure I Stick to what I say.
0: (laughs) Well, and like I said, there's there's no shame in having somebody help you, either as an accountability person or someone to kind of help guide you through the process. And I always like to remind people that you know, while I do go to people's homes here in Atlanta, I I also offer virtual services. And there are a lot of clients that I help them tidy their homes um, just doing it over Zoom together, which you would think was not helpful. But to be honest, I'm not doing the organizing. I'm teaching you how to do it. Zoom works great for that. So it's one of those situations where if you're not in Atlanta, there is still some life-changing magic to be had. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to add? Me? No, I, I'm just so glad to hear you guys talking about this. I think that um, lots of times we have frustrations um, when it comes to teaching our kids how to keep things tidy and clean. And it's we just tell them to go do it without teaching them how to do it. So the fact that y'all are getting into this and asking these questions, I hope a lot of people are hearing this and, and kind of approaching it from a different angle.
1: Yeah, I think we do that to kids a lot. You know, one of my friends, we, t- we teach a lot about money, Mm-hmm. And one of my friends said, you know, my my parents would just say, you need to save your money, but they never really explained to me what that looked like. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Or how do I know when I'm done or you right. know, like, so it's, we think kids know stuff that we've never told them a lot of times. Right.
0: Well, and oftentimes it's because nobody ever really taught us. Right. right. And so we just kind of had to figure it out. And lots of times when you had to figure it out, you still don't really know how to do it either. And that's not some sort of moral failing, that just means you need some help. And it's a beautiful thing that we have people who can help, so. Right.
1: Where can people find you?
0: Yeah, probably the easiest place is on my website, which is GetOrganizedY'all.com. I'm also on most of the social media platforms as Get Organized Y'all. Um, but My website's got information about the KonMari Method, some resources for things like donating and recycling items, as well as information about my virtual tidying sessions, virtual productivity consulting, and soon, I'm going to be offering um, budgeting consulting as well, for people setting up their first budget. So Awesome. It, very excited to help people organize all of their things, as well as their money.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're connected. I'm Absolutely. Sure. Um, thanks so much for chatting with us today, Lindsay. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Parents and Mentors, if you would like more support, you can check out our free private Facebook community. Just search for Raising Confident Teens Community. Have a great week!